the temporal topsy-turvy morning to ye strangers. Welcome to Gem Girls, the time and sanity displaced cartoon hate watch podcast where we reverse tempo back to the 80s and talk shit about all the worst cartoons the decade has to offer, with an oh-so-special focus on the only one able to truly disrupt the aunt flow of time, oh Gem and the Holograms. I am one half of your clock-stopping duo, Orifice Jones. And I'm Hakuna Matidis, and today we try to provide an answer to Cher's eternal question, if I could turn back time. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Thank you. As we search through the temporal archives and squeeze our meat into the tight, tight slit that is the time stream to talk so about Tim. So tight, so the time tight, so tight. Like, girl. <laughs> yeah, you ever had meat in here before, girl? Yeah. Jeez, time stream. Anyway, uh, we're talking about Gem Season 2, Episode 23, Journey Through Time. This episode was written by a longtime Gem employee who I've never heard of named Eric Early. Eric Early. Who, or Eric Early, not Louis Slate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> who uh, worked as a post-production supervisor on Gem for the show's full run. And since this is the only episode penned by our boy Double E... We, as rational human beings bound by the confines of the social construct that is time, can only assume he was tasked with writing this episode because his last name is a reference to an arbitrary place on the timeline. Right, of course. Eric Early denotes time on the timeline. Uh, <laughs> and arbitrary, because how can you be early for something when, like, what even is time? You know what I mean? Like, for sure. What, like, what, time what get out of here. I ain't got time for time. Uh, <laughs> ain't nobody besides, got time for that. Yeah, ain't nobody got time for time. Uh, and besides, <laughs> the only timelines I want to be doing are crystallized pieces of temporality you snort up your nose in the bathroom of a club at four in the morning. What? Yeah, hot timeline. I'm just doing rails with time and the bathroom. Rails with time. <laughs> Which, like, honestly sounds like a very fun high. Uh, for sure. For sure. I also, mean, that's kind of what, like, LSD feels like, not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It fucks with time. Or your perception of time, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, though, uh, the early Eric Early gets the worm. <laughs> <laughs> I just really wanted to say that. Really, 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 really needed to, actually. Uh, anyways, synonyms for time and a writer last name, non sequiturs aside, the DBs over at INDB described this episode as such. The DBs? The dumb bitches. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, because IMDB stands for I am dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right, of course, I forgot. Uh, yeah, I, just, sometimes you need a reminder. Uh, so those DBs over at IMDB describe the episode as Gem and the Holograms are participating in the world history of music concert, but Eric plans to send Gem and the Holograms back in time with a time machine tech rat invented and have the misfits replace them. So basically it's like Bill and Ted's excellent adventure just with less homophobia, we think. We think. Bigger hair and more historical inaccuracies. Anyway, let's dive into the darkest timeline that is this episode. And what a wild ride it is, because what is happening? Dude, this episode, yeah, it's... <laughs> I kind of liked how it leaned in just to being ridiculous. Because it made no sense. 
Yeah, but, like, there were so many time jumps, and I was like, okay, guys, like, enough is enough here. Yeah, the bit got old. Um, We'll get to Mozart, but that he was, I don't know. Didn't he was you? creeps. He was mad creeps. It was a weird take on Mozart. <laughs> uh, but anyway, before we get ahead of ourselves, uh, we cut to the Misfits, I guess, watching a Lindsay Pierce episode where she's talking about how... All the legendary performers of time, all across time. <laughs> uh, are it's a be- real time of Palooza up in there. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of time we're talking about here. Yeah, talking three, uh, four hours. Yeah, are going to be honored by the World History of Music concert, which is not a thing. Not a thing. But of course, who else to headline? Things that are not things than Gem and the Hologram. Right, right. It's probably for charity or something, too. Yeah. And Eric is watching this in his office, uh, so not the Misfits. And he's looking, like, a little extra evil this episode with his sunglasses. I was saying, like, Eric is probably just really hungover right now. And he has these sunglasses (laughs) on. He's like, oh, fuck this world music concert. Why is everyone, like, riding me today? I know. Um... And he accurately questions why this band gets all of the breaks. Like, really, enough is enough. He gets a phone call from Pizzazz, who yells at him about the Lindsay Pierce show, what she just said. And she wants Eric to get them in the concert. Uh, And Eric is, like, confident, like, it's all going to work out, because I got, you know, his boy Tech Rat is working on some (laughs) sort of device. Uh, We later learn it's, it's a little, it's a legit time machine. Uh, so which is impressive, very impressive. I was saying, you know, you could do a lot more with this device than fucking with this girl band. Yeah, you're what a you've literally, yeah, you've broken the time barrier. Uh, tech rat, you got skills, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like it is faulty on some level because you can't just break the time space continuum without snags, you know. Yeah, I suppose. Also, the snags that they try to establish are filled with snags. It's a snag-on-snag situation. (laughs) Snag-on-snag. Yeah. It sounds like snatch and vagina mixed together. Interesting. I like that. Yeah, but snag is a cheese. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Just snagging on my snag. You bunch of snaggers. (laughs) Anyway, we immediately jump into a gem song which we've heard before rock and roll forever right yeah yeah. rock and roll forever rock and roll whatever is what i have to say (laughs) feel the seam on that burn (laughs) i just came up with it now wow no i mean there you go that's yeah it's genius in action Getting back into music videos, at least having some interesting imagery. That like is true. Something yeah. to talk about. Right, right, right. Um, so at one point she changes into an American like rockabilly 
outfit with like red, white, and blue with the American flag. And I was like, oh, this shit again. Right. I actually liked her previous outfit. Her previous outfit was very Mad Max. I liked it. Yeah, it kind of looked like a Martian spacesuit. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But like a Martian biker spacesuit. Yeah, in purple and hot pink, which was kind of funny because while she was wearing that outfit, everyone else was wearing like leisure wear. Right, well, Gems acts for like that. Also, it's a it's a hologram. Right. I think everything she... I, I always forget everything she's wearing is always a hologram. But everything all of them are wearing is always a hologram. Is it? Is that the, is that the case for everybody? I thought, like, you know, it was really just Jim during her everyday wear that she that shit was a hologram, but everyone else had to real, wear real clothes. I don't know. I felt like Shayna just submitted her designs into Synergy's feed, like, maybe faxed it over to Synergy, and yeah, then Synergy, yeah, yeah. like, actually created the outfit. I think for their stage outfits, yes. Uh, but I don't think when they were just wearing clothes around the house, everyone oh, was definitely in, in synergy wear. No, definitely not. Um, so yeah, she's uh, she switches into a new outfit, and all of them switch into outfits that represent a country. So Shayna represents Jamaica wearing like calypso, a Calypso outfit, which is actually kind of cute. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Rhea represented Mexico, so she was wearing a sombrero. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, she, isn't she American? I don't know. Shayna's definitely not Jamaican, but they're like, oh, you're black, okay, so... Right, gonna... right, right, right. Fair, 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 fair. Country of, like, I guess, origin, however removed. Fair. Yeah. Um, and... Aja represents Japan, kind of but, wearing a stereotypical outfit. So that was the thing. I was, Aja is J- Japanese, but I thought she was Chinese. Because in Adventure in China, she can read Chinese, which is not to say that a Japanese person can't read Chinese, but like, it made me assume she was Chinese. Well, okay. I am gonna, I don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt, because I actually don't think they thought this through or knew anything when they made that decision, but... A lot of Chinese characters um, are present in Japanese as well. Okay. So a lot of Japanese people do know Chinese. Yeah. Not Chinese, but like they can recognize the characters. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Also, Aja, she's the continent. <laughs> and, and she's the moment. So she could be Japanese and Chinese. She's the moment? She's the continent of Asia. Her name's Aja. Uh, yes. And she's also the moment. <laughs> She's the, Did you she, get that from Akira C. Davenport? Uh, I, I've, obviously, I picked it up from drag queens that I see on TV. Uh, but I just think <laughs> she's the moment is, like, such a funny thing to say. I know it is such a fun thing to say. Yeah. Like, she is the continent. She is the moment. <laughs> and she's all the moments to come. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe not. She's only this moment, not the next moment. Oh, specifically, yeah. This is her moment, and that's it. <laughs> um... And Kimber is representing the UK wearing, like, stereotypical Scottish wear. Yeah, I thought she was specifically Scot- Scotland, not, like, the UK. Well, she is floating. When they're all floating through space on their respective flags, right. she is flying on the UK flag. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, which was which is cool. Like, surfing through space on a flag, like, I'll, I'll give it to them. That I li- was... Yeah, I liked it. It was cool to see. And like you said, it was a nice change of pace. We've had some real... Um visually uh, disinteresting videos. Yeah, rather uninspired. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this was, you know, nice to see. I miss space. 
I miss space. And it's, you can't it's the talk Jeff Bezos and the uh, the, uh, the other guy <laughs> fucking shit up. Uh, Richard Branson. The, the was that him? Yeah, he's the one who like actually made it somewhere. Jeff Bezos just like I don't know what he did. Yeah, floated for for a few seconds and then he climaxed real fast and then you know. All right, but I I assume uh, Joff Bezos climaxes very quickly all the time. Yes, 100%. When there's and, not even space involved, or, like, whatever the atmosphere, part of the atmosphere he was in. And, yeah, like, his rocket was a visual representation of what his dick looks like, but, like, magnified by a billion, because he probably has, you know, a micro-penis. Yeah, a tiny dick, for sure. Um, he anyway. Got he got TDE. <laughs> tiny dick energy. He really does, or yeah. like rancid dick energy. Ooh, that's is that? I, I guess that's worse. <laughs> I don't. I'd know. rather my dick be small than rancid. Um, someone was one of the victims of Harvey Weinstein was talking about his dick, and apparently it is rancid. Like, what does that like, mean, though? <laughs> like decomposing. Like. It gave that impression. Oh. Yeah, he just had a deformed penis that was a result of a bacterial infection. Ah. That's really <laughs> gross. I know. That's really gross. It's known as Fournier's gangrene. So, uh... Fournier's gangrene. Is that, like, the Fournier, like, a play on foreskin or something? Oh, my God. <laughs> I guess it's, like, someone's name. Like, the name of the guy who discovered it. Yeah, who's, but uh, like, who's would original you... <laughs> Dick Got Gangrene. And then we're like, oh, yeah, we'll name it after you because it sucks. Yeah, why would you want that to have your name? Yeah, 0%. Uh, but anyway, the song ends. Right, after and... they all got gangrene dicks. Uh, yeah, and Jeb is like, hold everything. It just doesn't sound right. And I was like, finally, something I agree with that comes out of your mouth, you know? Ooh, ooh, sick burn as well. But I was also like, Jem, <laughs> like, stop being so fucking uppity. Everyone was doing their best, all right? Yeah. A for effort. It's just she was being a real bitch about it. Also, I think it was like a new Jem voice. I think everyone got like new voices recently. You think so? Yeah, every, like, everyone kind of sounded a little bit off, or at least in this initial moment. I don't know. I think Pizzazz sounded different at times. Yeah, same with, like, Roxy as well. Maybe I'm thinking of last episode. I think recently, I don't know, they've had a different Roxy voice, and Jem specifically did sound weirder. Yeah. Um, so Jem's main gripe is that, you know, since they're honoring all of history's musicians, the song has to do all the world's music justice, and it's like, bitch, that's impossible to do. If yeah. you want to make a coherent song that is listenable, like, you have to, you know, impose limits. Yeah, which is a super fair point. Um, Jim is kind of being frustrating because, yes, yeah, impossible obviously. ask, obviously, as she does. Uh, and then we go to Tech Rat's lair where we basically learn the device that Tech Rat has been working on, as we said previously, is a time machine. Uh, and I was like, like, he built this for to, to deal with Jem, but, like, what, you built a time machine to, like, kill her? Like, send her to the past? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, maybe he's been working on this for a long time, and then Eric is like, we need your help to fuck up with, fuck up Jem. And uh, he was like, oh, I have the perfect thing. Hopefully yeah. he didn't just make this for Jem. 
I hope so. I hope so. Because, yeah, he, he could be like, oh, all right, I need, like, like willing test subjects anyways to test my time machine. I'll use these non-consenting human beings. Sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, which is basically what happens. So he teleports them from afar. And what we learn from Tekrat's machine is that, I mean, they call it, like, a law of exchange, but it really doesn't make any sense because <laughs> they need they need to take someone to give somebody, basically. Uh the only thing is, it doesn't really matter the amount of people, because they send four people into the past, or five people. Right. And they only, and they only take one person back to the future. Yeah, so, so initially they send the holograms to 1781 Vienna, and in return, some bish from B- Vienna pops up in Techrat's van, because I guess they're in a, a, a truck outside of the the Starlight House. Um and yeah, I was like, there aren't any more people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because like in alchemy, the law of exchange has to be like one to one, baby. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, in this scene, Tech Rat like is getting all up in this woman's biz, kind of being rapey and creepy, and like he looks like he's sniffing her. I mean, he's not, but that's how I felt about it. Um, the woman doesn't know what's happening, obviously, faints. Um, and we cut to the holograms who pop up in some mansion wearing their 1980s glam rock clothes. Right, right. And then it turns out Synergy's there, too. Uh, That part was even more like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Right, because wouldn't Tech Rat have to know about Synergy in order to bring her along? Exactly, exactly. Uh, why was... Unless Synergy can already teleport. I mean, travel through time. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? Synergy, as we know, is a ghost demon computer. So, who knows what she can do? Um, but anyway, we learned... Ghost demon Skynet. Sorry. Yeah. So, she is basically running on reserve energy stores... Um, which she mentions multiple times. Yeah, like, Synergy did not talk. shut up about it. Like, we get it. Yeah, even if you, the, mo- the more you explain it, like, that doesn't help us make it make sense. Exactly. You know? Like, you're still a supercomputer who managed to transport themselves into the past that is, yeah, I guess running on reserve energy. All right. Um, so, yeah, she contacts Jerica, Gem, whatever, restores their holograms, um, gives them period appropriate outfits. Um, And they learn from some town crier yelling outside that there's a performance by Mozart that night, Um, which is, you know, really convenient. I guess tech rat decided to send them to places in time that would benefit their concert. Yeah. Yeah. Also very convenient town criers. Uh, why don't we have them anymore? They're just telling you what's going on? That's great. Well, I know. I feel like if you're yelling in the street, then you're just fucking crazy. Like, well, no, 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 but town, is but, no, but town criers have a bell that they ring, so it's official. And they're telling you about stuff that's happening in the city. Like, yeah, like Mozart concert, uh, two men arrested, uh, sale on peanuts. That would be useful. <laughs> Knife sharpening cart. Oh, dude, if they had a cart for knife sharpening, that's that's convenient. Yo, that's a thing, though. Because, like, I remember growing up, when I grew up in North York, um, 
I would hear this like cart thing, these bells for a knife sharpening. Was it a cart, cart. or was it like a like a legit like it, it was almost like the size of an ice cream truck? I don't. Okay, I never saw it, but like oh, I knew. Was it ever really? Oh, there? I was like, oh, the bells are ringing. It's a knife sharpening. I think I think that was a hallucination. If you've never seen this, you just have some twisted. Like, do you murder someone by a cart? And your twisted mind was like, oh yeah, it was the knife sharpening cart. I just want to go sharpen my knives at the cart. You know those little ice cream bicycles with the freezers in front? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At the beach and shit. Like, I think it was like that. Oh, okay. But I also may have invented this memory. I'll have to check with my mom. The thing is, the thing is, I do know that they have, like, mobile knife sharpening things. I've just only seen it in, like, rather large trucks. Uh, Those places could have been just kind of bougie. And, like, just kind of kitchenware stores. And I've been meaning to go sharpen my knives for... (laughs) <laughs> I would say like weeks, if not months at this point. And it would be very nice if there was a cart that came by my building. And I just like give them my knives and they sharpen up. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be fun. Um, saying you need to get your knives sharpened makes you sound scary, though. Why is that? I don't know. I need to sharpen my knives so that they like cut through bone more easily or something. Well, I mean, bone and food products. Mm hmm. Uh, mainly food products, I swear. Human food products? No, like food, like, you know, vegetables, meats. Not always human. I know. Not always. Not there always. There you go. If you, eat, if you eat human meat, you become a Wendigo, and everyone knows that. I ain't, What's a Wendigo? I ain't, go, I ain't trying to be no Wendigo, you know? <laughs> Wendy, Wendy, go. no. Wendy, go on, get <laughs> out of here. Do you think Wendy Williams is a Wendigo? I mean, she's the modern day Wendigo. She probably eats humans. Yeah, there always needs to be some bitch named Wendy in the timeline who is a Wendigo. Going off. (laughs) Hence the Wendigo. Right, exactly. Wendy go off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, But actually, Wendigos are, I think they're actually like Canadian in the sense that it's like a Canadian indigenous kind of myth. Uh, I'm more familiar with um, interpretations or appropriations of it, but mm-hmm. generally, from what I know, it, if you eat human flesh, like you become this creature. So I think it's based off the idea of like one. I think human meat makes you sick, like in the same way that incest does, uh, and <laughs> or like incest like fucks up your babies. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, it's kind of like a yeah, like a cautionary tale on that on that sense. Huh. Um. I always thought cannibalism was frowned upon because, like, it was not very human. You know what I mean? I, I mean, like, of you course. you your humanity in doing it. Right. And I think that's, like, definitely a part of it. But I think you actually also get kind of sick. Like, it's not good for you eating human meat. I could be wrong. I could be making this up. But I believe it. So it's true to somebody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know those people who... Are into cannibalism. Cannibals? Yeah. (laughs) But people who are into being eaten. Oh, interesting. Okay, go on. So I met a guy who met some people and he was from Alabama or Louisiana or something, which is like definitely cannibal country. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, the bayou kind of fucks with your head a little bit. Oh, okay. Go ahead. 
I'm making shit up. But anyway. Um, I just like how you think of that of like Bayou people. Well, every fucked up piece of media, like, um, where's Sookie from? Sookie Stackhouse. Right, right, right. She's from Louisiana? Um, but like, what show is she from? Uh, True Blood. True Blood. Okay, so True Blood, um, The Walking Dead, uh, you know, like, a lot of creepy shows are set in the South, so I just feel like there's something about the muggy air, the swamp, the bayou that, like, fucks with your mind a little bit. Right, right, right. That bayou fuck with your head. Or, like, the inbreeding, I don't know. A little bit of a calm, a little bit of calm. (laughs) But anyway, um, this guy, my old friend, was like, yeah, these guys were into cannibalism and, like, eating themselves. And I was like, how do you do that? And not die. And they're like, well, they just like take a part of your leg or something and then fry it up and eat it. And he was like, yeah, I I let them take a part of my leg and fry it up and eat it. Oh, that's so (laughs) scary. (laughs) But what do you mean a part of your leg? Like they like, how do you like just roll with that? Like what? What? I don't understand. Like they just take a little bit of flesh and that's enough to get them off. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) But, like, I feel like, you know, like, cutting off a sizable piece of flesh that you can, like, fry, you're going to need some medical attention after that. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, didn't do my due diligence, obviously. I, like, didn't, I didn't feel it was my place to question him too much on that because I was just baffled. Yeah, I also, I mean, you call this person your friend. (laughs) I would, like, slowly back away and be like, all right, well, I got, someone's calling me. You can hear it, right? Bye. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I always was amused, I guess, by that story and thought, you know, well, would I allow someone to eat part of my leg for would you? lulls? I don't know. Maybe. It depends how big. Mm. <laughs> I honestly, I would. I don't. It would take a lot for me to agree to that. Yeah, that's fair. Because a part of me is also like, if you eat my flesh, you gain my power. And like, that's, that's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. I wasn't as aware of my power back then. Fair, 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 fair. But it's in the flesh, baby. It's right there up in the flesh. flesh. Yeah. In your flesh sack. In my flesh sack. No, um, that, is, that isn't, I'm not saying, you know, your penis. But I just mean the I flesh know. sack that is your human form. Like my, my flesh prison. Right, flesh prison. There you go. Same diff. Meat sack, yeah. Meat sack, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, Synergy informs these guys that they're in Vienna back in the day. Um, I really like their costumes. I oh, think yeah, they look cool. Their wigs are insane. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they're all wearing, like a lot of them are wearing like big hats. It was just, yeah, it was giving me Sunday service kind of energy. For sure. Um, and some dude, uh, who later turns out to be Mozart rushes in and is like, is Costanza here? And he's like, who the fuck are you guys? Um, you must be Costanza's friend. And they're like, no, we're just people that are here for some reason. Right, right. Uh, and then we like Mozart, you know, like plays them a diddle or whatever. Uh, <laughs> my main thing is they made Mozart like very like crazy. Like, he was always, like... Yes. Yeah, he was kind of, like, always giggling in a psychotic way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I was like, does Mozart grow up to be the Joker or something? Probably. Probably. Um, but yeah, so Jem, so Mozart introduces himself as Mozart, and Jem tells him with zero shame that they are also musicians. Yeah, which I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> sure, Jem. Yeah, like, really, you think you're a musician of Mozart's caliber? He doesn't even know what rock and roll is. He'll probably be like, what is this garbage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, Jim, you don't even play an instrument. I know. Um, So, yeah, all of them are swooning over him because they find him hot. Particularly, he seems to have a thing with Aja. Yeah, he does. He does. They have a little flirtatious flirtatious little back and forth. Yes. Um... And when he's, like, composing something and they're standing around him, at one point he bashes his head on the desk and, like, is lying there for a bit looking dead. Uh, um, I don't remember that, but that's also creepy. So weird, dude. He was yeah. so extra. He was, he was, he was. And we learn, just like Gem and the Holograms, he has an evil rival, Solieri, who will do anything to prevent him from performing at the concert. Um, and he's afraid that if he goes out, his men will grab him. Right. So that's where, you know, Jem, do-gooder extraordinaire, is like, oh, that's my cue. And basically just uses her, like, synergy witchcraft to trick the guards. She takes, they take uh, them on the ride, and Mozart's able to, like, go play at a show. Uh, I really enjoyed how, at the concert later, like, Salieri is, like, such an evil gay. Yeah, for sure. Like, he's, he's sitting next to, what is it, the emperor or high-ranking cardinal or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. Were. I don't know. And he's very much like, mm, he's not even here yet. Da, 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 da. It's like, ah, so shady. Um, and just as he's about to start playing, Mozart busts in like a fucking lunatic. And it's like, <laughs> dude, yeah, I actually have in my nose. It was like, it was very Looney Tune style. Like he does it a little manic. Yeah. Super manic. Um, and, so once he busts in, we cut to uh, the carriage where Gem and the holograms are being like brought into the forest in the middle of the thunderstorm. And Gem asks Synergy to cast an image of some bandits to scare the guys bringing them. Some highwaymen, some highwaymen, which, highway which I thought was an interesting term. Uh, highwaymen. That's going to be my role. In life. Highwayman? Highwayman Hakuna Matidis? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Whatever that means. It's kind of like a high-speed prostitute. Right, right, right. Exactly. She's a highwayman. (laughs) She only, yeah, she only works the highways. (laughs) Um, That sounds like a good way to get murdered. It does. (laughs) Terrifying, terrifying. Um, Yeah, so the highway, the the fake highwaymen scare... The goons, who, like, you know, aren't being paid as well as the goons in Fairfax County, let me tell you. Yeah, I know. Because they would deal with that shit. Anyways, uh, Jim and the Holograms make it back for the concert. And then, like, I don't know, all I have in my notes is that, like, some lightning happens. And then we get, a, like, a, a visual of, li- like, Synergy having lightning hair. It's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was dope. I was super into it. Oh, yeah, so that the lightning happens, it fucks with Synergy, she gets lightning hair, and that makes her uh, holograms uh, flicker on and off. And then, of course, everyone assumes Gem and the holograms are witches, which is hilarious. Yes. 
So they chase them outside and are like, we're going to stone ye to death. Yeah, it gets really intense really quickly. It was very well Wendy Williams. And they like are actually throwing stones at them already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like death to you all. You know what I mean? Being stoned to death is awful. That's a rough one. That's a rough one. Uh, So I don't. I don't know how frequent this a practice is anymore, but this is all this always sat with me as a, uh, you know, like a scary like specter, like like boogeyman's tale of being like a gay person, of how like in some like Middle Eastern maybe African cr- countries you can like be buried up to your neck in like stone. You yeah, know what I mean? which is yeah. terrifying to think about. Yeah, yeah, it's really barbaric. It's so awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, just like the yeah, the concept of that and like knowing it like could potentially happen to you, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Those those are not places that are safe for gay people to be live or travel. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um which is I mean why, you know, I'll never go, but still. Yeah. Um so yeah, just as they are being stoned to death, uh, in the Nickelback of Time. <laughs> in the Nickelback of Time, part two, a stitch through time. Time. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, which is on which is on brand because it's, it's a very time themed episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, they disappear just in time. Costanza in the truck. Um, in the meantime, Costanza is in the truck and is like. Mozart will challenge you to a duel if you don't return me, but you know she dips right in exchange. Yeah. Um, George Costanza, we didn't point out earlier. George, <laughs> the character is George Costanza. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Mozart was super into short, balding men. Yeah, he was super into Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Tech Rat. Um, well, okay, this is how the holograms got switched because she was, she had it, he had enough of Costanza and it was like, okay, I want to get rid of you. Right, right, so right. So right. he tries to send her back and in exchange gets two American soldiers who arrive from the Blitz in England, which then sends the holograms to London in 1944. Right, right. Um, and the holograms are then in london and there's bombs going off because it's it's world war ii and shit and they learn that the ben tiller band is playing which is a they they're real it's a swing band uh and then they transform into their 40s wear i really enjoyed how jem has a shitty hat even in the 1940s i liked her hat i wasn't into it okay well i thought all of their looks were pretty decent i liked aja she had that kind of like like pinup girl hair bob thing going on i thought she looked yeah fresh. yeah she looked good um and two soldiers come to pick them in the street up in the street and like pick the streets are bombed yeah yeah it's not looking good out there no um but they're like hey like we're from the ben tiller band or some shit and um the band is playing tonight. Jem is like, hey, we're we're musicians. <laughs> yeah, she says it again. And they also, like, the guys are a little incredulous, like, female musicians? Like, okay. Yeah, but sure, like, come, I guess. And Kimber's like, yeah, give us half an hour. We'll show you what we can do. And, you know, not much. 
But Kimber is really the one who arranges all the music. Right. No. Kimber has a good moment. She's like, yo, I'll show you men how to play some music. Because she's the only one of them who I would maybe argue as a musician. Yes. She writes all of their songs. Right, um, right, right. But also in her collaborating with them, like they're fucking with the time stream pretty hard. Yes. But like, are they? Aren't they? Like how significant is this? Fu- how significant is this fucking swing band? I don't know, but like I think we're like you know a it could be a butterfly effect situation. You know that Ashton Kutcher movie? I never saw that shit. Uh, it's for whatever reason, <laughs> whatever reason, it's like generally reviled. I kind of like the butterfly effect. I thought it was a good movie. Uh, anyways, that's not actually the point I was trying to make. Butterfly effect in the <laughs> sense of like them doing this one small thing in the past cascades to big changes in the future. Yeah, that makes sense, um, for sure. And it's, you know, it's a concept that exists outside of Ashton Kutcher. Does it? Isn't it? I mean, I feel like Ashton Kutcher is the butterfly effect. Um, I see Ashton Kutcher's name on a billing and I walk the other way. That's the butterfly effect, baby. Um, because <laughs> have, you ever, <laughs> have you ever seen Jobs with... With Ashton Kutcher and Steve Jobs. No, I, like, didn't want to watch that. I watched a few minutes of it, and I just couldn't get past the fact that they could have hired anyone to do this. Like, Ben Kingsley, Kingsley maybe, like, would make sense. Or, like, literally anyone, but Ashton Kutcher. Is Ashton Kutcher, like, that bad of an actor that he puts you off inherently like that? Like, was he actually bad in it? I don't, like, did you watch enough of it? But why was he Steve Jobs? Um, yeah, he was bad in it. It was a terrible movie. Oh, um, that sucks. Um, the ten movies, ten minutes of it I watched. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, maybe this is just my butterfly flick bias here. But I think Ashton Kutcher is an okay actor. Yeah, I mean he can be funny. Wow, that's but such like a read. I, I've never, huh? That's such a read. Yeah, he he could be funny. <laughs> Like he was excellent. He he fit the bill in uh, Dumb and Dumber. Was he in Dumb and Dumber? No, uh, Dude, Where's My Car? Oh, Dude, Where's My the yeah the uh, the early aughts version of Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, pretty much. Um. So anyway, the song. Uh, Tiller loves Kimber's arrangement. Right, right. And right, right. they go through with the show. Um. And we get the song. We're making it happen. Which intros with a little bit of, like, ghost trumpets, which was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, though, it's, like, just them playing on stage. Yeah, they're dancing, not terribly. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. There's, um, at one point, there's a giant Uncle Sam, which is funny. Of course. Right. It was, yeah, a fucking course. Uh, when I was like, dude, like, you're in London. I know! I know. Um, anyway... At the end of their performance, the alarm bells ring and they learn that the bombs are going to drop. So they run to the shelter and, you know, a bomb just like fucking crushes the building they were in. Cut to commercial. Cut to commercial. And just in the nickelback of time, again, the holograms are out of that bitch. Yeah, they are hitting those top 40 nickelback singles 
at every <laughs> chance. For sure. Uh, and so we cut to Takrat's van or whatever truck and hippies appear out of nowhere and piss. Pizazz is like hippies. This is I getting lo- worse and worse. I love how Pizazz hates hippies. You know what I mean? It's very, like, I'm not surprised by it. And it's super in line with their character and just makes me laugh. Yeah, they're like, don't get uptight, man. You're bringing bad vibes, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at one point, I think, like, the situation gets, like, worse or awkward. He's like, oh, this is turning into a real bad trip, man. <laughs> Yeah, he does say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in exchange for the hippies and then even more hippies, I think more hippies get brought into the mix. Right. Because both the ho- misfits and the holograms get teleported into Woodstock. Yeah, because um, Tech Rat, I think, gets pissed off at Pizzazz being the worst. And it turns out, and this is me filling in some blanks here, but it's assumed that the, that the uh, the misfits were sent a little bit farther back in time because they seem to be a little bit more established when we cut back. They have a, a manager already. Yeah, yeah, they have a manager and um, some Jimi Hendrix type is uh, Johnny Beldrix. You know, Johnny Beldrix, um, you know, is angry because the misfits, the the new manager wants the misfits to be on stage with him. And he's like, who are these bitches that I hate? Right. Um, and he's telling this to the holograms who, you know, appear out of thin air and trip him. And, uh, yeah, he's basically like, I may not ever play again. I don't want to play with the misfits. And Jem is like, fucking misfits are here. We'll deal with this. Right. And Synergy is also in a truck somewhere and her power levels are real <laughs> low. I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, also... Why do they have to make Jimi Hendrix like a fake person, like Johnny Beldrix, when, uh, you know, Tim Biller, whatever the fuck his name is, and Mozart are real people? Well, okay, the Tiller guy is based on Glenn Miller. Glenn Miller, okay, so he was a fake as well. Yeah, Mozart, I feel like, was so long ago that he basically belongs to the public domain. Okay, yeah, 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 all right, all right, all right, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. I thought uh, Ben Tiller was like a real person. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, Johnny Beldrix, Lena Lerner, whoever else had a fucked up oh, name. Oh, um, uh, uh, the Sigourney Weaver, and it was... Oh. Uh, Sigourney C- Loomis? No, it was something it? Loomis. It was so, like Cindy Loomis or whatever. <laughs> and I actually never got Loom and Weaver until you pointed it out. And I just kind of rose like, ah, oh, yeah, for sure. I knew, I knew that, but I didn't know that. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. I was like, why Loomis? And you're like, and then you kind of like casually said it, but assuming that I knew it, like thinking like I said it like Loomis for another reason. And uh, no, I, uh, I hid my shame. It's okay. Is you're it? owning it now. Uh, I suppose. There comes a time in every uh, man's life where he has to own up to the gravest mistake of his life. Yeah, that's how I felt about that re-recording I did of that one episode. Right, right, right. Which also, listener, we don't know, I don't think off the top of our head, what episode it is. But there's an episode in the podcast library (laughs) where Hakuna 
lost my audio recording or lost her own audio recording. I forget yeah. which one. And then had to re-record herself responding to my <laughs> audio track like a crazy person. It's my deepest shame, people. Yeah. It's my deepest shame. It's dark. It's dark stuff. Anyways, back to this episode. Yeah, Let's wrap me. it up. Let's wrap it up. Uh, so it turns out that, um, yeah, Pizazz and the Misfits are going to go on stage and, like, beat out uh, Johnny Beldrix. I, have, I just have a, a quick note. The manager looks like a, you know, a demon clown. Uh, yes. I thought he looked hella creepy. Uh, but then Jim gets Synergy to make a 70s version of Eric Raymond, who's wearing, like, Beetlejuice pants and, like, a flower print shirt. I liked it. <laughs> I kind of like it. I yeah. like it. I want to wear that. Uh, and so the fake Eric, illusion Eric, kind of comes through, like, hey, this is my band. The real manager is like, oh, you were signed to someone. Like, screw you guys. Beldrix, get over here. You're going to play your show. Uh, yeah. Um, I felt Bel- yeah. I thought Johnny Beldrix was a little bit too apologetic with the shitty manager. I would have been a little bit more peeved. You know, let bygones be bygones, man. Like, Jimi Hendrix was probably, like, so high he didn't even really give a shit. Or, like, he forgot. Yeah, that is probably true. And, like, the whole vibe of Woodstock is, you know, hey, man, love is love, man. Yeah, yeah. Just not that manager who was a real tool about it. Um, yeah. Anyways, and then as Beldrix is taking the stage, it turns out the new light show thing that they mentioned for a Light show it. box. Yeah, they yeah. Call it. Oh, sure. Uh, that is, <laughs> that's Synergy, and that's why Synergy was in a truck earlier. Uh, and, yeah, I think then they get transported back. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So in real life, like in real time, the Misfits are super angry at Eric for basically sabotaging their opportunity to play at Woodstock, which would have been a major thing for them. Of course. And Eric is obviously like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And then... Pizzazz takes control of Tech Rat's time machine and sends Eric to dinosaur time. Yeah, yeah, which is super harsh. That's so... <laughs> it's so mean. So mean. And then back in the present time, the dinosaur that they had to receive <laughs> to send Eric is just fucking up the time machine, so it's, like, basically broken. Yeah, uh, it's broken. Uh, Eric is back. The holograms perform at this world music history Dude, so we concert. Can, yeah, world history of music concert. That's I mean that's the <laughs> correct stringing of those random words. Uh, <laughs> but we got to that part. I was like, oh right, this fucking concert thing. That was a whole thing. Like I totally spaced about it because I was like, oh, we're on I guess journeying through time this episode. Yeah, honestly, I I forgot about it. It was doesn't even make sense but it all comes together because now the holograms are intimately familiar with all different kinds of music from all across time right which they weren't before because none of them are musicians save for maybe kimber right uh so they have a song called rocking down through time The song starts with this Mozart-esque 
piano oh, harpsichord thing. Yo, there were some like six synth beats popping off through Kimber, and I was here for it. She's wearing a cape. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, that that was good. But then the rest of the song just became so much with the vocals and Jem oh. shrieking over. Them. Yeah, like pitchy Jem over there. Uh, and it was like a lot of like puns as well. Not always good ones. Uh, one was like Mozart knew the score. And it's like oh, score music. Good one. <laughs> ha. Um, at one point, John Lennon's face comes up with his glasses, and the glasses float off his face and become eighth notes. Cool. Cool. But also that made me wonder as well, because they're bringing up John Lennon and Elvis in the song, but they can't use Jimi Hendrix by his real name. Did they use John Lennon's real name? Didn't they? I I think they said Lennon and Elvis at some point. Maybe. I mean, maybe they just have different, um, like maybe their estates handle things differently. Yeah. And also actually, now that I think about it, uh, like depicting a character as opposed to like referencing them in a song is like two very different things. That's true. Um, unless that's there true. was unless there was a timeline divergence, uh, you know, and in their universe, there is no Jimi Hendrix. It is Johnny Beldrix. <laughs> I don't like Johnny Beldrix. I want him to go away. I don't understand his last name. That's not a Me name. Me neither. It's really not a name. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, then, yeah, then we get this song. That's basically the end of the episode. Yeah, so who do we think is the baddest bitch? Baddest bitch. Uh, good question. Kimber? I want to give it to Kimber. I like her six cent beats. She was the only one who could like hang with the boys out in uh, 1940s London. Yes. For better or for worse, because I'm sure those guys were hella toxic. Oh, of course. It's the 40s. And hadn't seen a woman in a long, long time. Right. And probably, you know, acted like it. Uh, which is terrifying for a, what, 16-year-old girl? Yeah, a 16-year-old girl should not be time-traveling, you know? Very true. You should be 18 to time-travel. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Kimber was great. I think she, you know, handled time-travel pretty well, and she, you know, composed shit and impressed some swing guy who's apparently <laughs> important. Uh, she impressed some swing guy, all right. Um, and then the weakest bitch, I kind of want to say Mozart because he was hella creeps. Um, but he was, you know, entertaining to watch, I guess. Yeah, he had a vitality Uh, to him that I don't necessarily think I would describe as weak. Eric Raymond was pretty weak. Yeah, he got, uh, trapped in the past, doomed, one might say, to be consumed by dinosaurs. Yeah. I didn't hate him, though. I feel like usually we give weakest bitch to people we hate. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think of, like, who really... I mean, I don't know. Jem was pretty rough this episode. She was. Let's give it to Jem. Jem! <laughs> always it's been long... We haven't given it to Jem in a long it's time. It's true. It's true. It's And she's always in the mix, and because we always fall back on her because she's always an option. But this time, I think it's her. Yeah, I can't really give you any reasons why I think that, oh, but, well, like, she was I'm a, okay with she it. She was an uppity perfectionist at the beginning, making these demands of her team that couldn't be really obtained. She called herself a musician several times, which is a straight-up <laughs> lie. Uh, and I think that's, that's, that's all the evidence I got. Well, she did go to Shangri-La and steal their music and, I don't know, learn how to hit a drum. Yeah, that did happen, but I don't know. I feel like if the that... 
that magical knowledge wouldn't stay put in Jem's North Dakotan brain. <laughs> no, you're right. Oh, the temporary um, knowledge kind of thing. Yeah. She, like, sopped it up and then spewed it out, and it was all gone. And it's all she wrote. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there goes another episode of Gem Girls Podcast, guys. There she goes. There she goes. Thar she blows. Thar she, she blows a lot of people. <laughs> uh, if you liked what you heard, and obviously, as we always say, we know that you did, because how could you not? Right. Check us out on the interwebs at our website, gemgirls.com. <laughs> Love the dramatic pause. Love the dramatic pause. And on social media. Because who doesn't have social media these days? Come on. Come on. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Gem Girls Podcast. And of course, also as we always say, uh, as you're accessing the information superhighway via your smart device, be sure to rate <laughs> us and review us wherever you find podcasts. And by rate us and review us, also as five we stars. always say, as we always say, five stars and a positive review because um, star policy, baby. Yeah. Um, no returns. No returns. It's a simple submission of kind and appreciative words uh, to a couple people who really have them coming. We got it. We got those kind words coming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but I imagined us like coming kind words. Oh. Like, yeah. When we come, like we spew out like nice words. I do that already. <laughs> Yeah, three times the slime. Three so times the slime. You got uh, a lot of kind words. A lot of kind words. Three times the slime, gotta be kind. <laughs> three times the slime. Is it a crime? <laughs> <laughs> three times the slime, my words are kind, which is almost a rhyme. <laughs> my words are kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, my words are definitely kind. <laughs> I got time for time, that's for sure. <laughs> um, anyway, with all that said and done, uh, do, 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 do. <laughs> but actually, until next time, stay, stay outrageous. outrageous.